0: Welcome to this week's episode of Paperboys. This week, I'm excited to bring in a paper about the viral spread of traffic and congestion on networks of roads. This is an interesting one to bring in, of course, given the pandemic that's spreading around and it's very, I think, interesting use of epidemiological tools to study other systems that spread virally in our society.
1: Yeah, it definitely kind of like got my mind turning about like, oh, how can we cure traffic and uh, what kinds of like cool effects there are relating, you know, just the idea of like, oh, well, you're on this road. How are we going to infect the road next to us with traffic is a really cool study and just like a totally new way of thinking about this. And next time you're sitting in traffic, you'll think about it and you'll say, hey, I lived through a pandemic. I know what to do about this.
0: Yeah, flatten the curve. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Check it out. Also, if you're interested, check out our Patreon, patreon.com paperboyspod. This month we'll be donating all the proceeds to the local university district food bank. So we really appreciate your help and support. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Paperboys, the weekly podcast where we unravel the research behind the latest major headlines in science. I am your host today, James, with fellow
1: co-host as always, Charlie. Welcome, Charlie. Hello, James. You know, I have to say there's one thing that I miss the most about recording in person. What's that? Uh, standing up. Standing up. Yeah, cuz I don't I don't have a good like spot to record in my apartment while standing up, whereas you have this great like tall desk that we could stand at
0: feels very collegiate
1: yes it does you know just there's
0: actually there- two
1: guys talking about an academic paper maybe sipping a beer what we really need is like to get some mics that'll clip to our shirt and then we could walk outside you know in the agora wearing our togas <laughs> discussing yes. academics
0: yes just like i mean just like aristotle and plato used to do when they were recording their podcast
1: yeah, there's actually a, ah, oh, it's killing me. I always forget what the word is. It's a word that we all know and we all use, and it actually means, it's like Greek for learning while you, like, walk and talk. And it's like, it's like what Plato did and, like, how Plato taught.
0: Man, it's kind of like, you know comedian Kevin Nealon? Oh, yeah. I love Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon does, like, the, he goes on, like, walks with famous people and just, like, records it. Really? Dude, I need to check that out. I mean, you know, it's like pretty average, but like we could do that and basically
1: solve the universe. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to find the word for... I can't find it, dude. No. Wait a second. I really... I might have... Oh, uh, peripatetic. Excellent. You ever heard that word? Excellent. No. I mean,
0: I'm familiar with the concept, but I've never heard that specific word.
1: Peripatetic. Uh, yeah. Peripatetic means arist- Aristotelian. It's, but it's because Aristotle Ooh. liked to walk and mm-hmm. walk and talk. But it also means traveling from place to place. But peripatetic, like the peripatetic method. I don't know. I'm probably making things up at this point, but I remember no. when I first learned that, I was like, oh, nice.
0: I went to a talk from a renowned scientist. Someone asked him a grad school question, and that was what he said was like one of the most beneficial things. He was like, my advisor would go on walks with us and make us talk out ideas without
1: having a whiteboard and stuff. Dude, that's actually... When I've had like my biggest like, well, not I wouldn't say like breakthroughs, but like when I'm really stuck, when I'm researching, I go for a walk and I like talk to myself and like kind of try and work through the problem, and it always unsticks me.
0: Yeah, fresh air. Well, anyway, this enough, uh, just <laughs> enough Greek history. No, it's actually somewhat relevant because you might say that this paper is anti peripatetic Ooh,
1: okay. Why?
0: What is it about? Well, not anti. But it's about traffic and, you know, what's more Ooh. anti-peripatetic than pollution?
1: Dude, and traffic is also like, it's the opposite of walking places. It's like sitting in a car and taking forever to get there.
0: And Yeah, yeah. If you've had the best ideas of your life when you're walking, I've had the worst ideas in my life <laughs> stuck in traffic on I-5. <laughs>
1: yes, dude, that is so true. Okay, you and I have even had this conversation before. It's like a test of like a friendship or a relationship is like, If you can sit in traffic with a person and not be like and have a good time, then like that's a good friend.
0: Yes. And not direct your sort of overall anger with the world at them.
1: Yes. I think that we've also yeah, we've also come up with the correlation between, uh, you know, because we've we've done a bunch of like hikes together where you drive kind of out of the city and eventually you reach kind of nature and then coming back from nature into the city you just get in like a worse and worse mood. It's a roller coaster. The denser the traffic gets.
0: Yes. I hear more marriages are lost on the drive back from hikes in the Seattle area than in any other situation.
1: Mm, that is true. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about traffic. Um, what's, what's the forefront of research on traffic? How is this making news? So this was making the news because uh, some researchers
0: were trying to model traffic in a novel way so novel in fact that it's very similar to the novel coronavirus that we're all dealing with right now. And Really? <laughs> yeah, they were trying to ask the question of does traffic spread virally during periods
1: of uh high congestion. Vi- how So how would it spread virally? I don't really understand what that even means. Well, you know when you plug
0: in an address on your phone and you're like looking on Google Maps and then like you just see the whole map is red, like painted red, because oh there's yeah, so much so it's like a web. Yeah, so they're like, huh? Traffic is basically caused by interactions of people on these congested streets. Wouldn't it be interesting to look at it from the perspective of an epidemiologist and see how it spreads along streets
1: on the congestion? Whoa. So, like, one street gets congested, so then people start going to another route, and then that gets congested?
0: Yes. Yes. So, instead of, like... Interesting. Okay. In epidemiology, where you're looking at, okay, a person is sick, who do they come into contact with? And then, from that, who else gets sick, and how do they spread that on? You're like, okay, there's a congested street. How many non-congested streets are there, and how quickly do they become congested and then, you know, start infecting more streets with their congestion
1: wow that's a really neat concept because we, well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with kind of like the modeling that they do for the spread of disease and they and there's all these parameters of like well how close contact are people and how densely populated is a certain area and whatever and these all sound like areas or variables that could very easily be adapted to like the closeness of streets and their throughput and how many people, tr- you know, need to travel between different urban areas. And
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I don't do a ton of math, but if you've taken like undergraduate calculus, you don't know enough math to basically start generating the model. It's just ordinary differential equations where you're looking at the relation between uh, streets that are congested, inversely streets that are free-flowing, and then streets that have recovered, so it's interesting in, uh, I was looking at briefly some of the epidemiological papers about disease spread, and they talk about the susceptible infected recovered model or the SIR model. Hmm. And we've been seeing a lot of these plots. Basically you have a whole population. So that represents a hundred percent and someone gets infected. And so the infected starts growing exponentially. The susceptible starts decreasing and then eventually the recovered starts increasing. Oh. And if any point in time, if you add all three up, you get one. But
1: yeah, but and then eventually recovered will be 100%. Yes, hopefully. Huh. Okay. All right. Wait, so for this whole like traffic thing, I, I guess I, it totally makes sense to me how they're going to model traffic the same way they model epidemiology stuff that's <laughs> my technical word mm-hmm. for it uh what what actually made the news here like what, what was the can you give us some headlines
0: yeah so one from ifl science is studying how epidemic spread is surprisingly good at helping us understand traffic jams um that was the only one i found
1: <laughs> oh whoa so wait so the story is you can apply the same models yeah Basically. Oh, I understand. Okay. I I thought that there was like, oh, there's a group that applied the same models and look what they found. But the real like interesting part is more just that they're saying, hey, look, we can use these models. It's more of like a demonstration. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, probably didn't make that clear. okay. Um, okay. And what's different about this from how they've done it previously is it's like, there's been a lot of research on traffic where you look at how people queue in lines
1: so that's yeah. like you can imagine that's a much more like microscopic level and dude i remember when i was applying for undergrad i thought that i wanted to be an applied math major yeah and like just the only thing that i really remember from that time was like kind of just looking at these applied math program like departments and and then kind of clicking through to see what their research is like what's on their homepage, and just all of them had these things about like Queuing theory and how you know how people queue and queuing 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 and like at the time I was like mm, how interesting and I hate to say but now I look back on it and just think like oh man I would never have survived applied math I know <laughs> it's, it's I just don't <laughs> I mean, think that I have it in me to study that
0: yeah it's fun actually building things I got to say but. I mean it's interesting. The uh, I guess the trade-off is it's like it's so widely applicable. You can study so many things, which is cool.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, and I say that story and it it sounds like I'm trying to like disparage th- that field or something, but it's it's it has nothing to do with that. It's entirely to do with my own like inattentiveness. I'm super grateful that there are people who study this stuff because traffic is the bane of my existence and mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that people are like devoting their careers to solving that problem for me it makes me very happy
0: yes yeah absolutely someone's got to do
1: it someone's got to do it i'm just saying i couldn't do it
0: (laughs) yeah well charlie this was so simple even you could do it okay although what's the so what's the paper then i say that it's also a nature communications paper so you know they write it so clearly you're like oh this is great and then it's probably so complicated behind the scenes right
1: they make it sound easy but
0: Yeah, So the paper is entitled, A Simple Contagion Process Describes Spreading of Traffic Jams in Urban Networks. The first author is Miyad Saberi, and this came out of the Research Center for Integrated Transport Innovation, the School of Civil Environmental Engineering at the University of New South Wales in Australia. There are also a couple Mm, other collaborators from... Tusi University of Technology, Tehran, John Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland, and the College of Environmental Design at UC Berkeley
1: Hmm, okay
0: the paper is open access to, and we'll have a link on our webpage as always papervoicepodcast.com, if you want to check it out um, It's kind of interesting so,
1: here's what I'm wondering is this like so you say it's nature communications is that a uh is that a subset? of like you know letters that people are writing like short papers or is communications like uh you know the field that this is applicable to and the reason i'm asking is i'm wondering is this something that these people whipped up because they're like hey look this is something that we can do based on you know all this kind of interest that's being put in contagion models or is this something that these people have been working on for a long time and it's just coincidentally lines up I
0: actually want to see what the turnaround time is. So Nature Communications is like one of the open access sub-journals of broader nature. So okay. I do think things get in I don't want to say slightly easier, but it's like slightly faster. I think it's considered slightly easier to get your thing published in Nature Communications versus Nature.
1: Oh, I see. And it yeah, and you're right. It definitely is not um the field of communications, because then there's also subjournals. I'm seeing there's communications biology, communications chemistry, communications physics.
0: Yes. Also, also well, this is interesting. I guess it. I mean, it still takes a long time. So this paper was received on June 3rd, 2019. Oh, really? Accepted March 2nd, 2020. So how wow, perfect okay. is that timing?
1: Yeah. So that's funny. They submitted this, you know, almost a year ago. And now here during the epidemic, they're like, all right, we'll publish this. Yeah. Seriously, it's perfect. Okay, um, so that answers my question then. These people are already doing this and it just coincidentally now comes out during the epidemic.
0: Yeah. Also, just to say it's like easier than getting into nature does not say much because nature is really hard to get into.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, like getting into nature communications is still probably harder than getting into most other journals.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah fortunately though it is open access if you would like to check it out and yeah i don't know it was just an interesting paper i was really enjoyed the papers where they cross disciplines and bring in sort of analytic tools or paradigms that have been used um, successfully in other fields and try to rethink problems because i i think that's a great way to to innovate really a lot of the problems we solve you know They all have really similar structures. So, you know, mix and match a little bit. Who knows what you'll find?
1: Yeah. Okay. So is there anything like in particular about this paper you wanted to dive into? So I think
0: it's interesting to just talk at a high level about how they put together this model and how it correlates with our idea of a virus spreading. Okay. So they were able to pull data from Google for six different major cities in the world chicago london paris sydney melbourne and montreal and they started then looking at road networks modeled as nodes so the nodes would be the intersections and links between the nodes which would be the roads themselves Mm, okay and then they said for each road in the network there's a speed that you can have when you're traveling and that depends on time of day. So the road has a maximum speed, which is the speed limit. And then it has an actual speed, which is the speed at which you're traveling on the road. If the traffic's clear and it's free flow, you're probably traveling at the speed limit. If you're congested, though, your actual speed will be much lower.
1: Okay. I already see a limitation of this model. Who among us actually drives the speed limit?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean so it's approximating that.
1: But Yeah. I'm just be- trying to make a bad joke.
0: <laughs> that was a that was a very bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you completely derailed me, Charlie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. And assuming that everybody drives the speed limit. I just you know it's my podcast too, James. I need to hear the sound of my voice every thirty seconds, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They've already made a bad assumption. Nobody drives to speed limit. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> like... never work. That's like what I'm finding is like a terrible habit that I've picked up in grad school is like just trying to question everyone's assumptions even like when they're so simple. Just be, well, um, well, technically, you know, I mean, if you're assuming 55, <laughs> most people actually drive about 63, so... I don't know. I know. I remember last weekend when I was driving
0: to Mount Vernon. Yeah. I was not going to speed limit. <laughs> That's yeah, you're gonna have to play this at your defense like this will be the final evidence that yes You are ready to pass your phd. You are ready <laughs> to like, nip pick everything
1: Yeah Yeah, oh god, I hope they don't play my podcast in my defense. I'm definitely not graduating Hi and welcome to charlie's defense <laughs> You should say that Uh, we actually did do sorry now. I really am derailing But we actually did do a journal club this week in for like our plasma group uh-huh um and we did the the uranus plasmoid paper from last week's episode were you the paper presenter uh i kind of like intentionally made myself not the paper presenter but i was the one who said let's do this one. Oh, sweet but then no one was really interested so then i kind of like tried to ask some questions and but we mostly just you know had a beer and talked mostly just listened to our
0: episode about it
1: yeah actually uh my friend who like, who, like, organized the journal club, she just sent the episode out to everyone. And people didn't even listen to it. The jerks. Jerks. Dang. That's cool, though. That was an interesting paper. Uh, anyway, sorry. Now that I've really derailed you. So, they're talking about intersections as nodes. Roads are, like, links between the nodes. And then speed of things traveling between the nodes is the speed limit, but could also be, like, throttled down depending on traffic.
0: Yeah, so just as an example, like, say I'm driving on the highway here in Seattle, the speed limit's 60, and we could come up with different, like, thresholds for saying the road is congested or not. So we could say that, okay, if I'm traveling at 40 miles per hour or less on this 60 mile per hour road, then it's congested. So that would be a factor of 0. 0.4, or, uh, sorry, 0. 0.8, 40 divided okay. by 60. We could be a That's little about 0.8, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Point 0.6 repeating, point six James. Repeating. <laughs> uh, math, dude. And this is why I didn't go into applied math. Exactly. Um, You're not a good queuing theorist. No, I'll never make it. But you could, you could get a little bit stricter too and say, like, okay, let's instead set this limit lower, which would mean that congest- we would consider a road to be congested if the speed limit drops even more. So, you could say 0.5. So, then on the highway, I'm going 30 miles per hour instead of 60, which sucks. Yeah. Um, and this basically then allows the researchers to study the spread of congestion under different levels of traffic jam, basically. So Okay. what they did then is imagine at time zero. So, this is like 3 a.m. when there's no congestion, all the roads are flowing freely. At this point, you could measure the number of roads in your entire network that have free flow and basically say all of the roads are healthy, susceptible individuals. So now time is advancing and we're getting close to rush hour. So you start to hit a little bit of congestion on the highway. And you can think of this congestion as flowing backwards from your car. Like you brake, then the car behind you brakes. And so the congestion is sort of, it's spreading upstream, if that makes sense.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: And so with this idea of congestion heading upstream, you can then start to think of each road in the network as having a certain number of contacts to roads that are further upstream that are not congested. So this is like the infected person who is in contact with a bunch of people who have not been infected yet
1: oh so okay so because because i slowed down here Mm -hmm. six miles back eventually that propagates to a point where those people are now in traffic and they're going to start taking different roads yes whoa dude that's blowing my mind yes oh i hate i hate thinking about those kind of butterfly effect things i know this is like on such a small insignificant scale but kind of freaks me out yeah it's strange and it's scary when you think of it in terms of a virus even though it's just traffic Oh, yeah, totally. But even just like I could be sitting in a traffic jam because one guy changed lanes without using his blinker an hour ago. Oh, yeah,
0: dude. I, you know, I felt that on the East Coast on like I-95 going oh, north.
1: It's the worst. Yeah.
0: It's like literally like 5 a.m. You're like, I'm going to beat traffic. And there's this huge traffic jam. And you're like, what? where did this come from?
1: Yeah, and then when it fi- and then when you finally get to the point where it frees up, there was actually there's nothing there. No one's like rubbernecking. And you're like, what? How did this happen?
0: Yeah, there was an accident like three hours ago that people were staring at, it or something yeah. like that.
1: Uh, okay, so
0: all right, this so- is cathartic. Just <laughs> sort of, like let- letting should- off all the steam from traffic.
1: I know we should be recording this in traffic.
0: Yes, if you have any frustrating traffic incidents,
1: let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That send us yeah. Send us a picture of you listening to our podcast in traffic. Hopefully, we're making you feel a little bit better. Yeah.
0: Hopefully, you're enjoying this because you're not sitting in traffic because you're working. Dude, I was home. about to
1: say these days there's there's very little traffic with how much people are not on the road.
0: Yeah, it's like the best thing ever for the environment too. Yeah. Minus yeah. You know, everything that's bad about
1: coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> there's at least the one silver lining. Okay, so you're you're propagating it upstream. That's equivalent to. Like, you know, I'm accidentally spreading the disease through contact or something.
0: Yep, exactly. And here they took the got pretty simplistic, I guess, but they make an assumption that helps them to calculate this and to actually make this what they call a tractable problem. And so they say that they assume homogenous mixing. And the way you can think about this for this paper is that basically at any given moment in time a congested road has some probability of being connected to a free-flowing road downstream. And the easiest way to think about this really is like in epidemiology, this would translate to an infected individual has some finite probability of contacting every other person in the community.
1: I see. So instead of modeling like, well, I've got a 90% probability of interacting with some people and only a 10% other people you kind of just average it all out exactly
0: so it's like if 10% of the entire population has the virus sorry if 10% of the entire population has the virus you could say assuming homogeneous mixing that 10% of the people i interact with daily have the
1: virus so it's really it's kind of like what we talk about with coronavirus where they talk about the um the reproduction parameter or the reproduction rate like r not yes uh and so if that's greater than one, then you're going to have something that spreads virally. Uh, but that greater than one really is the summation of, or the average of like some people don't spread anything and that and they and they're a zero and then other people maybe spread to like 30 other people. And so that's what brings the average up. Yep. And so so the traffic just has some sort of reproduction rate kind of parameter.
0: Exactly. And they actually calculate the R naught value based on their oh. equations
1: dude no way that was so cool perfect Um, this is also a great like great timing to be talking about this paper because like like two months ago most of us would be very unfamiliar with most of this terminology but now like we see everyone we all see this in our news feeds every morning you know like we're all kind of like amateur epidemiologists now you know
0: (laughs) yeah i wonder if like in the initial draft of the paper there were like this was explained 10 years ago in the movie Contagion when <laughs> on a whiteboard they draw this. And yeah. that now they're just like, scrap that. Like, everybody knows what this means.
1: Yeah, that's so
0: funny. Um, it's like as a PhD student, you just wish there was something like major worldwide where like suddenly everyone would understand your research and
1: then you don't have to explain it. I mean, yeah, I have a feeling that epidemiology PhD students are not hoping for a pandemic
0: no 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 absolutely not but like (laughs) yeah you know everyone in the world becomes enthralled with the next mission to neptune and you're like yeah
1: yeah or maybe you know the earth will be imminently swallowed by the sun and now everyone knows what plasma is (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly for a brief for a brief one week before we all burn in an inferno everyone will know about my research if you got, Charlie's just going to go
0: around like telling everyone like, guys, I told you this stuff was cool 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they do calculate an R naught value. And so the way that they describe R naught for traffic is it's a value that is, that equals the spread rate. So the rate at which the congestion spreads times the number of like physical lengths of the roads divided by the recovery rate so if a road can recover from being congested fast the spread of congestion will be slower if you have fewer links between roads so that's like the traffic equivalent of self-isolation your spread is slower and then oh yeah of course if the spread rate is slower then the the actual propagation of congestion is slower too
1: wow like isn't it the worst when you're in a traffic jam you pass an exit and you're like, uh, maybe I should get off here. You're like, no, maybe I'll just do it at the next one. But then the next one's like ten miles down the road. hmm That's like your self that's like being isolated.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They're like okay. they're just quarantining you in. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what so you say they actually calculate and are not I mean, they're doing this based on like actual empirical data from these six major cities do they like characterize it versus time or like per like on a given day or how do they calculate it
0: yeah so for r not two of two of the three values have to be estimated from the data kind of similar to like coronavirus right now so they have to estimate the spread rate and the recovery rate and that's kind of city dependent but once congestion starts to begin they can actually get that estimate and so Using the data that they got from Google, they were able to look at these six cities with uh, sort of different severity levels of congestion. That's like that ratio I was talking to you about earlier. What's the the velocity threshold, if you want to say, for saying that the road is congested? And what they found was for extreme congestion, so if you're traveling one-fifth of the speed limit... So, like, 12 miles per hour on a 60-mile-per-hour street. This is, like, basically bumper-to-bumper. Bumper. All six cities had an R-naught of, like, 1.25. Like, all of them, suggesting that wow, there's maybe, you know, this is what they say in the paper, and who knows how true this will shake out to be. But they're like, maybe there's some sort of universal constant for, like, the spread of traffic across all wow. cities and continents. And what they found then, and this is interesting, um, as the severity of the congestion decreases, so as you start to travel closer and closer to the actual speed limit, the spread of the congestion starts to change drastically between cities.
1: Wait, but... Okay, like more advanced? What do you mean?
0: Well, like, for example... If I'm traveling 40 miles per hour on a 60 mile per hour road in, like, London, the congestion spreads super quickly uh, throughout the city. Versus Montreal, it stays much more contained.
1: Huh, that's really interesting. It's
0: almost like Uh, more than it spreads twice as fast in London with an R naught of like almost
1: seven, versus Montreal, it's less than three. Do they know why that is? Does that have to do with like the interconnectedness of the roads or what
0: that's my guess either the interconnectedness of the roads or a much slower recovery rate
1: hmm um oh uh, you know why why is that it's because in london they drive on the wrong side of the road
0: oh that makes sense except yeah (laughs) melbourne is right there with montreal
1: they also drive on the wrong side (laughs) well I'm, but, you know, I'm American, so I I only make fun of England, not other countries. Okay,
0: I appreciate the creative <laughs> thinking, though. <laughs> what's What's really interesting, though, is I think this was the coolest graph. Was they looked, so from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. in all six of these cities, they uh, modeled the congestion and then actually plotted it based on the empirical data they could get from google and it's it's basically that same kind of gaussian shaped bell curve but for yeah dude congestion instead of like active cases of a disease
1: yeah it's like we talk about flattening the curve and i'm seeing these like these curves just like what we see with the uh the uh coronavirus models yeah exactly it's really cool um it's so weird dude so what i'm wondering now is like, is you know, is Google Maps or Waze gonna like take notice of this kind of work? And, you know, I've heard that I've heard that what they do is like sometimes they send people on different random routes and then they and they see how long it took them to do that, and then they characterize whether like people should go do those. I'm wondering if they can do oh. like a more broad application here and look at like how they can quote unquote flatten the curve on each given road by like sending people different ways or
0: Yeah. Well, so that's where it's interesting is, and that's one of the, the applications that they discuss in this paper is with this model, if you have a good sense of like how you could do this at a high level, you can start to come up with these ideas and you could optimize, you know, if you want to flatten the curve, if that's really what you want to do, or if you're willing to accept much higher congestion for a shorter period of time so that you get over it faster.
1: Yeah, or maybe you send people down, you send more people down like these quote-unquote isolated roads that don't have as many exits so that, they, so that you just kind of concentrate the traffic in one place but then free up the rest of the roads. I yeah, mean, that would be like, kind of like, you know, evil overlord kind of thing to do, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. You could see how, you know, there are a lot of different... Um, it starts to get actually like pretty political because traffic is totally. so important and like yeah you know maybe I mean, google it just... reroutes traffic so that their employees can get to work a little bit faster or make it really congested around apple who knows
1: <laughs> yeah it starts to get into the same kind of questions like you see people talk about all the time now with self-driving cars where they're like oh it's it's careening towards an intersection and there's a there's an old lady crossing the crosswalk uh but then there's a a young woman pushing a baby on the sidewalk. Like, do you swerve to the right or do you hit the old lady? It's like, okay. I mean, that's a situation that's never going to actually happen, but the ethical question is really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's just another way to look at it and start to sort of figure out different ways of solving the problem,
1: which I think yeah. is pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically the paper. So what I find interesting is that the that R-naught value is always over one. Like, do they just not study times when, like, if there's no traffic, do they not characterize, like, an R-naught less than one or what?
0: Yeah, they didn't really even look at that because if there's no congestion, they can't really study the spread of it. Okay. It'd be like studying a pandemic with no virus.
1: Like a thing that's not happening. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. Okay. Well, that's really cool. So do they... Uh, Have any, like, interesting conclusions to share?
0: Um, There are certain parts of their paper and analysis that don't quite correspond to, like, coronavirus, like we're seeing it, Hmm. in the sense that they're modeling the susceptible, infected, and recovered. And just because a road recovers from traffic doesn't mean that it can't be congested again right afterwards. (laughs) So (laughs) You can't immunize a road. Exactly, exactly. So they're very quick to admit the shortcomings of their analysis, but I think it's an interesting way of looking at it. And I think as far as how much computational power it takes to run this analysis, it's much less than other programs or other methods like machine learning. And it gives you a little bit more intuition for how traffic is spreading in a two-dimensional environment so yeah yeah I, i don't know i think it'd be really interesting to see how like the future work that comes from this and studying you know how you could design what would the ideal city be to overcome traffic or something like that
1: yeah totally so yeah i mean this stuff is really fascinating to me like you know i mentioned in our coronavirus episode like i do i do kind of analytic modeling in my research too and it's just so powerful for the, this exact reason. Like, it's really simple equations that can be solved, like, super quickly by a modern computer, mm-hmm. but that, like, give you so much valuable, like, high-level insight, you know? Yes, exactly. Like, already we're sitting here talking about how we're going to alleviate traffic jams and, you know, in, in a way that I think, you know, maybe a lot of people aren't really thinking about. Like, they're, you know, people are saying, like, okay, well, let's build a, you know, let's build a... um what do they call those? Like an express lane or something. But it's like, well, that's so specific. You know, what what's like the what's the overall problem here?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it is starting to get a little bit more into, uh, you know, universally what's happening with traffic. And yeah. I just think it's I think it's cool. It's novel. And I appreciate the fact that it actually has like very practical applications.
1: All right. You've sold me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to school for applied math and study queuing theory yes there you go
0: (laughs) smartest movie ever made charlie (laughs)
1: yeah uh okay well that was really interesting thank you for bringing that in
0: totally yeah uh it's a fun one to read so if you enjoyed listening about it and want to check it out they have some cool plots it's open source you can find it on our website
1: yeah uh we'll post the link there paperboyspodcast.com we'll also share it on our social media um we're on Twitter and Instagram at Paperboys Pod. So we'll tweet out a link to this episode where you can find all the links to these papers and news articles and stuff.
0: Also, uh, as you heard us mention before, all of the proceeds from our Patreon this month will be donating to charity. We decided that we'll donate to our local community food bank here in the University District of Seattle. So thank you so much to all of you who contribute to our Patreon, and we're really excited to Contribute a small amount and help out the community. If you are interested in our Patreon, you can check it out, patreon.com slash paperboyspod.
1: Yeah, this month we did a bonus episode about uh, the Spanish flu, which was a massive pandemic that, uh, I, I mean, it killed by some estimates 50 million people just at the end of World War I. So we kind of, you know, we kind of made the intentional choice not to do an episode all about coronavirus because I think we would have gotten a little too exasperated. But the Spanish flu was this horrible thing that happened just 100 years ago. And there's a lot of really interesting parallels that we could draw to what we're going through now. Um, And we really focused like, you know, as much on the science as we did on like kind of what it was like for people living through that experience. So I I think that you uh, will enjoy it if you go check out that bonus episode because, you know, here we are living through yet another pandemic so
0: yeah very uh connected theme between the last several weeks of episodes but such is life (laughs) such as life
1: (laughs) such as life in a pandemic yeah okay well hopefully all right well this pandemic will help us solve the world's traffic problems as well well come
0: out of this even stronger yeah thanks for Uh, listening and please join us again next week for another exciting edition of paper boys
1: thanks for listening